0: sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes, like lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Human Podcast. We are your hosts, Mr. Daly and Dr. Terrence Johnson. I did the intro for you. Um, My (laughs)
1: bad. (laughs) My
0: bad. What do you say?
1: What do you say? What do you say? Definitely.
0: (laughs) Oh man, okay. Okay, so that 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 was on me, because normally I'm like, come on, Terrence, you got to do your intro, and then this week, yeah, Lou,
1: no, you want you want you want to do a take too?
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, no, let's, let's let's keep it moving. Let me, we right. we imperfectly human. <laughs> there
1: it is. is.
0: All right, so we want to give a shout out to our listeners on Transistor. Give a shout out to our viewers on YouTube, um, listeners on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Breaker, tune in. Um, iHeartRadio, Radio, wherever you get your podcast, we want to salute you and thank you for supporting. Um, like I've been posting on um, on with, with each episode, we are currently, uh, I think, we are number thirty in the top ninety Christian podcasts. So we're trying to get those numbers up. We're trying to move Make up. Number, and, one. Yeah,
1: number one. That's
0: what I'm trying to we try to get to number one. So we need you to tell your mama, tell your mama's mama.
1: Uh-huh. Tell everybody that you know. Yeah, tell everybody about some about two guys that talk about the love. Amen,
0: Amen man. Listen to us. So, <laughs> so that, that that's it for the introduction. So this this week, this week we're talking about um well. Let, let, let's let's say how it is. Okay. God wants me to shut up. Yeah. That's that's what we're talking about.
1: Yeah.
0: And yep. um, it's something. So I think we. I'll start it off like this.
1: Okay.
0: I believe that we react the same way. Um. Whether it's God that's telling us, whether it's a human being that's telling us to shut up or, mm-hmm. or is God telling us to sh- shut up
1: mm-hmm.
0: we naturally react in the flesh yep is for me is the is the initial I believe that is always our initial reaction we get in our feelings
1: mm-hmm.
0: because excuse me it's someone it's something telling us to okay stop talking like like you said your piece now it's now it's my turn mm-hmm. and naturally when, when someone says that to you, you you take that to heart
1: you're
0: like "Who are you talking to
1: mm-hmm. yep <laughs> you know? oh, look like then when we say i'm grown, I'm grown. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: I'm grown. <laughs> so it's, you know it's it's a natural reaction that we have but sometimes and this goes I think more so when it when it's God it's it's important that this happens, but sometimes even within our earthly relationships, mm-hmm. there is a need for someone to tell us to shut up. Because we could be doing one of two things. We're talking from a place of arrogance. Yeah. Where we kind of think we know it all. We think we know every possibility, every outcome. We are the authoritative um, voice on, on, on a matter. Or you've got the other angle where we're not shutting up because we're operating from a place of fear. And we don't want to stop talking because we really don't want to hear what the other person is going to say because we're afraid of what that message is going to be mm-hmm. and I think that the, the same rules apply when it comes to um, our interaction with God mm-hmm. I think that there are places where sometimes we are so arrogant that we we just operate blindly and we don't stop talking or we don't stop moving or we don't we don't we just keep bumping our gums and God doesn't have the opportunity to tell us what he wants to tell us alternatively we keep talking because we don't want to hear what God is trying to tell us because it doesn't fit with what we
1: want. Mhm. So while you were talking, what came to mind was Job, and you know when Job was kind of talking about, well, Lord, this is what I'm going through, and, and this, and why this happened, or whatever. And he like, okay, were well, you there when I, you know, created this and did that and whatever else? And so God had to tell him like, you ain't God, you not me. And so how do how you gonna tell me what I need to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's pretty much what guy would tell. like, look, I understand you're going through a whole lot, but I, 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 I allowed that happen to you. If I didn't allow it, it wouldn't have happened. I know what you're going through. Yeah. I, I fully understand it. So you're not telling me anything new. And that made me think about that because sometimes we can be arrogant in our suffering that then we think that allows us to talk to God any way that we want to Mm. because if I'm going through something then I feel like I got the right because Lord you know I'm going through this and then you allowing it to happen and then I'm telling you it's happening and then you're not saying nothing back or, or like you said what you're saying to me I don't like so look God, I, you know, I'm not gonna be Sunday morning with you. I'm gonna be mad at you. I might cuss at you. I'm, I might, I might say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm through. I'm through reading my Bible. I'm through with church. I'm through with, with everything. Anything connected to you, I'm just through. I'm mad at you. Yeah. God, like, God, like okay, cool. Yeah. Right, we gonna see how that work out for you. <laughs> and, and I think that's the thing. Like you were saying, we get in our feelings about it, and we feel that. God owes us. Yeah. Um, and He he should give us what it, it's kind of like with a kid. When a kid wants something, they poke their lip out or something like that, and they have a like, God, you know, man, come mm-hmm. on. you know what I'm saying? And we did like that with God. But that doesn't then bring Him towards us because He was like, okay, if you just like that, just like you would do a toddler or something. All right, I'm gonna put you over there time. out let you cool off because you just just get all to get yourself together before you come to me. Not come for real. <laughs> come, come to me right. You know, you're not gonna come to me right right now, so I'm, I'm gonna distance myself from you because you're not right. When you come to me in the right way, I will listen to you.
0: Right. Now, I, I, I feel that because, and it's interesting that you bring Job up because I think, um, What's the term that I'm looking for? We, let me, let me get this right. But I think you're saying we become indignant in our, in our suffering. Mm -hmm. And, and that's pretty much, you know, the reason Job went through that was because God was saying, you know, to Satan, have you seen my servant Job? Mm-hmm. God, was, God was bigging him up. He was like, yo, that's, yeah, my, play like, like, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. like, he goes, Job is my MVP. That's, right. He's like, that's my boy. Yeah. So, and I don't know whether Job kind of expected he was like, oh, okay, this is just you know, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. I let me let me just say that real quick, because then I know if I say that and I appear I appear a certain way, God will sort God will sort it out. Everything go back to normal. This ain't gonna last more than about twenty twenty days, thirty days max. Mm-hmm. Then I'm a I'm a be straight. Everything be good. I'm back in the zone. Mm-hmm. But that's not what that that was not what happened, and it's not like. It's not like God didn't know how that whole situation was going to play out. I think God already knew that Job was going to get in his feelings about the whole situation. He knew, and I, this is just coming to me now, so I think we're, 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 we're going somewhere here. But, uh-huh. but God knew how the situation was going to pan out. He knew that. As I said, Job was going to get in his feelings. He knew that Job's pride was going to start to bubble up. And Job was going to start talking crazy like, wait, haven't I been faithful? Haven't I done this? Haven't I? And suddenly Job is shifted from the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Oh, the Lord this Mm -hmm. to, oh, but what about me? Yep. Why am I suffering? Why are all you people coming here to visit me and you're not talking about how I'm suffering and you're mm-hmm. asking me what I did wrong? I ain't do nothing wrong. I'm mm-hmm. just I'm just here, I'm the victim here. Focus on me. Mm-hmm. And really God is saying, No, nah Job, focus on me. Mm-hmm. Right now you focusing on you. Focus mm-hmm. on me. But I think when, when Satan kind of must, Satan must have thought that he had the upper hand. He must have been, oh, I got, I got, I got your boy. I got, whereas God is saying, no, nah, I allowed that because I needed you to put him through that so I could work out that little kink that was still in him because he got comfortable where I had allowed him to get to. Mm -hmm. And he was no longer, he he was becoming religious in his relationship with me because it said that every time that Job's children met and had a party or did, Job would get up early in the morning and go and offer burnt sacrifice just in case one of his sons or one of his daughters had done something to offend God. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, although Job's heart was in the right place, his actions had become religious, not relationship.
1: Uh-huh.
0: He w- Plus he wasn't encouraging his children to enter into relationship. He's doing what we were talking about. He was allowing his children to drink out of his well, uh-huh. rather than making them dig their own well. Uh-huh. So God had to work out that whole situation so that Job could, fall out of religion and back into relationship. Mm-hmm. And he allowed Satan to step in and do what he needed to do because that was the only way to strip everything away from Job to allow him to come back to basics and rebuild relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. See that that I wrote that down you said religious, religious with relationship, that's good. Because we can become routine in how we relate to god but we can be in routine how our other relationships relate to god too because it's one thing to have that relationship with god but it's also good to have other people connected to you that got relationships with god too and sometimes we can not not only get caught up in religious with our relationship with God, but also have those same type of Christian relationships with other people, yeah. where it's the how are you doing today? I'm blessed and highly favored <laughs> of oh, the Lord. And, and you know, we got the church talk, we do the same thing in relationships with people, and we not real. And that's, that's kind of what you talking about. It's like, yeah, you get to the point where you just so rehearsed with what you're saying, and oh, you know. Uh, you know, I'm all right. I'm I'm just going through. Just pray my strength in the Lord and all that kind of stuff. You know, sometimes you just need to be really Like, look, I ain't doing. I ain't, do I ain't I doing somebody, good. I need somebody to pray for me today. That's where I'm at. And and I think that's what gets a lot of people uh, separated from God because they don't have other people linked to them that can keep them on path because it takes more than just you. I mean, you can pray for yourself, and you need to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, so, if you're not praying for yourself, don't ask anybody else to pray for you if you're not doing it first. Now, if I'm praying for myself, I'm like, look, hey, <laughs> look, I've been praying, like, maybe look, hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then that's how you go the next step. But if you're not doing it, then somebody else praying for you is not going to be as effective, because God, like, you got a relationship that you're supposed to be in with me first. Now, if you plugged into me first, if other people plug into that too, they amplify. But don't bring in, substitute people to do what you should be doing first. Right. You got, you got to go to, you got to come first with your petition. That links into the, you know, God wants me to shut up too. Because then we'll go to other people and we won't say, hey, pray for me or whatever like that. We just talk about our issues and concern, but we didn't talk to God first. So he's like, oh, okay, cool. So that's who you're going to talk to? Mm. I got you. Okay. And I, I know what you're going but you don't want, okay, cool. <laughs> okay, cool. I got you. I see what you're doing. I see what i doing. Yeah. What... So go ahead. Go ahead and talk yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to understand what you're going through, but that's all right. Right,
0: and and, that's, and for me that's an interesting point because we assume that because someone is a fellow Christian or because someone has some kind of um, familiarity with us or our situation, that they're going to be able to speak on our situation and give us the right ad- advice in our situation, whereas then how do I put this? Good counsel comes when God has allowed that counsel to come. Mm -hmm. So if God hasn't put that person in that position because you, and and I guess this, this goes back to what you're saying until you have spoken to God, Because God says, ask, and it should be given unto you. Knock, and the door should be open unto you. So until you go and ask God for the answer, God is not going to give whoever he chooses to use to minister to you the words Mm -hmm. they need to speak to you because you haven't yet asked. Mm -hmm. So whatever counsel they give you, is not godly counsel as much as they may think it is right is still their own it's man's wisdom it's wisdom from their experiences whereas when you speak to god then there's a divine intervention that turns their wisdom and as you say plugs in boosts and amplifies that wisdom to make it godly wisdom because the words that they needed to encourage you, the right words, not mm-hmm. just their own words, the right words, then come in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it's funny because back in that sto- in in the story of Job, you get all these different. You get Moses, I'm sorry, Job's friends that come to see him, yep. and then they all start talking crazy. You know, first they try and um, chastise Job and say. Mm-hmm. You ain't the only one that's, being, that's, that's going through stuff. Plus, if God decided to do some, do all of this, God doesn't just do anything to, a, to an innocent man. You must have done something dirty. God, mm-hmm. God has found a reason to put you through this, so you deserve what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And then Job counter comes with his counter argument. And then they was like, "Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'm speaking for God on this matter, so God." this is what God is trying to tell you. You don't know what God is trying to tell the person. You don't because until Job, until, and this is, this is it. Job takes his argument to God. Mm-hmm. And then God, you know, as we get near the end of the book, God responds to Job. And God's response to Job was, um, so, what, what was his response? Oh, my bad. Just knocking everything over. We're going to rebuke it. We're going to get that word. We're going to rebuke <laughs> it. <laughs> so, I was like, um, there it is. so I'm reading from the amplified version. Man, I'll just go quickly say. Uh-huh. So, I've always been a new living translation guy. Uh-huh. But for some, over the last few weeks, I've been getting down with this amplified version. Mm-hmm. this amplified version is being hit and different
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it says uh now in job 38 it says god, god speaks now to Job.' then the lord answered job out of the whirlwind and said who is this that darkens counsel questioning my authority and wisdom by words without knowledge. Now gird up your loins like a man. <laughs> so God, God, God steps to him like, oh, so you, 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 you try to step to me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, All right, man up. <laughs> so, yep.
1: Yep.
0: so he's like, and I will, inst- I will ask you and you instruct me. So mad see, I love the way God is coming at him. Like, oh, so, y- so you in charge. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fall back and I'm going to ask you for, for. Let's see what you can do. And then um, it says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Yep. Tell me, if you know and have understanding, who determined the measurements of the earth if you know? Or who stretched the measuring line on it? On what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When a morning star sang together, and all the sons of God, angels, shouted for joy, who or who enclosed the sea with, that, with doors? When it burst forth and went out from the, sorry, and went out of the womb, when I made the clouds its garments, and thick darkness its swaddling band, and marked it for my appointed boundary, and set bars and doors defining shorelines, and said, This far you shall come, but no farther. And he, and here you, sorry. And here your proud waves shall stop. Um, man, I could read the whole thing, but it goes on. It goes on because it's basically God breaks it down to him and says, I've hit, I've heard you, Mm -hmm. I've heard you bumping your gums and talking and talking and talking and talking, now I need you to stop talking because you're getting arrogant and, and you're falling out of line and forgetting who, you are, who you're speaking to and who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So let me remind you of who got this ball rolling. Let me remind you of why you exist and everything around you exists. Let me remind you why the earth has not crumbled in upon itself. Uh-huh. And why the, the the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, and and all of the, all of that good stuff. Let me remind you who made that happen. Uh-huh. And not only did I make it happen, I made it happen with a word. What have you done this morning? Uh-huh. What have you done any morning? <laughs> right. In right. Fact, were you there when I did this?
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But so I'm gonna go back to, to some you were talking about earlier and then I'm gonna bring it back back forward. But while you were talking about, you know, how we go to other people and the conversations and how we need to, you know, take the God first. So I wrote down when we have conversation with people, it should be for confirmation and not validation. Right. Because if we pray first, if we pray, Lord, send me a sign, let me know if this is your will or whatever. Whoever he brings around, and then they say, like, hey, man, let me let me tell you, like, something's been on my heart to tell you, whatever, like that. That what they say, more than likely, would be the confirmation of the thing that you were praying for. But right. if you didn't pray before then. You just having conversation and you're just going on about. Man, who been rough. Let me tell you this. Like, oh man, that is rough, man. Man, I don't know how you doing it, man. Man, I'm going to pray for you. Man, you know, that's rough so, I'm going to holler at you. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll, so
0: with all that said, I need yeah. you to repeat what you said so the people understand it.
1: Yeah. Remind, right, so, remind yeah. them of the yeah. statement. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we am going go from the beginning. Rewind. am All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. When you pray, when you do what you need to do first, then the conversation that will then come to you will be for confirmation of the thing that you prayed for, versus you talking to get people to validate how you feel about what you're going through. And that's a that's a. It seems like it's a small thing, but it's it's huge. It's huge. It is. It's huge. It's huge. And you can and you know the feeling because and, and for me. And, and and the reason I can talk about it because it happened to me personally like over and over and over again but it's a feeling that when somebody's speaking to you from a confirming place you like they don't even know this what they saying I haven't even talked to them yet but they come to me with the thing either how I was feeling or what I prayed about and they come like hey man you know it's just something, you know. Hey, you ever thought about this? Or man, you know, I caught something that you were doing, or blah blah blah. He thought about doing this. And I'm like, man, I was just praying about this. Like, man, this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, it, and it and it won't be the people that you expect, and that's how it's happened to me. It's people that you know you wouldn't even think that they have any kind of conversation about God or something like that, and randomly it'll be the be a conversation like. See that that was God, because I know that ain't just you talking like I know you. This ain't this ain't you, this this guy speaking, speaking through you. And 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 but it's vice versa too. Because and that's why for me, I've learned to be very, very uh diligent and very aware when I get a sense like the Lord telling me to tell somebody something. Mm-hmm. Because I and that's and I, I say it all the time too, a lot of times when people pray, we are the answer to their prayers, but we don't move. We don't say what what God put on our heart heart to say, or we don't act in the way he says he wants us to act. And so then that's why people get frustrated. They like, Lord, send me signs, Lord, and you decide and you just in, you just in bed. Like, man, I could, man, I, I'm going to call them tomorrow. I, man, you know, I get to him, man, you know. And so people just, you got people in holding patterns because you won't do what God put on your heart to do or vice versa. Other people might not be doing what God is leading them to do and put on their heart or say what God wants them to say. And so everybody's just stuck in limbo and we can't move because neither one of us doing what God wants us to do.
0: But... See, you just you just given me another twist on this, mm. because what, when you were talking, what came to mind was when we're supposed to talk, we don't want to say nothing. Suddenly, right. we suddenly we're mute, right? <laughs> we're like, <laughs> right. <laughs> but when we're not supposed to talk, when we we're supposed, to to talk. We, we want we to, to do all the talking. talk all day but then there's also the times where god wants it's not just the it's not god it's not the angle that i was coming with at the beginning when i was saying we don't we're scared to hear what god wants to say or Mm. um we're arrogant because we think we know it all there's a time there's also a situation where sometimes god is telling us shut up because it's not time. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this Mm -hmm. before, you know, Mm -hmm. about, you know, prematurely announcing Mm -hmm. the birth of something. Mm -hmm. There are times where there is a revelation that God has given us. And it's Mm -hmm. not time for that revelation to be birthed, Mm -hmm. but we got verbal diarrhea and we're telling everyone. Mm -hmm. And we, we're not sure who we're who we're talking to. It's, it's like it's like you're going into battle, and your you know your general has just called you in and said, okay, so this is the strategy we're, we're going to use, but we don't tell, don't go. I'm telling you because I, I you're you're instrumental to this, mm-hmm. but there might be a mole in our camp, so I need you to keep this to yourself. And you literally walk out of the general's tent. And be like, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Let me me put you up on something. (laughs) And and you you start telling everyone, and then like Chinese whispers, it just spreads throughout the camp that, Uh oh, this is the move we're making. So when the time comes, the move is not effective because the message has got into the wrong hands. Yeah. And sometimes God just wants us to just, no zip it, be quiet let me let me orchestrate what I was planning to orchestrate, and then people will see people will see the action, and it's not about you talking about the action and that's why I love that scripture that says, you know retreat to your private place and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but re- mm-hmm. retreat to your private pl- place and take your take your needs to God in private. And your God, your heavenly father will re- reward you in public, or he will act in public. He will he will do accordingly in the eyes of the people. It's not for you to say or for you to
1: announce. It is for God to do and for people to see. Mm-hmm. So, some came while you were talking. So now you, you're talking about sometimes we need to not talk because it's not time for, you know, and, and we kind of set stuff in motion before it's, it's fully uh, ready. The other thing, and this is what came to me, too. So the other piece of it is if we're doing too much talking, we could talk ourselves out of the answer that the person that God brought to us had. So we won't even let the person that got the answer talk. Mm. <laughs> so God will send us the answer, and then we won't even let them talk. Yeah.
0: Now I don't know if there's a show. There's a show that me and my wife have been watching called In Contempt, uh-huh. and um, and and the is the the fem that it's a female lead, and she's a lawyer, and she's got this thing. She goes into she has these panic attacks, mm-hmm. and then she might have people around her, and she'll be like. Oh, all of you come in, let me ask you some questions. And then she starts talking at them, but she doesn't let them respond. And no. she's like, so so this was okay, thank you for your help, and walks off. And they said a word. But she's kind of come up with this, she's formulated this answer in her own head that justifies how she's gonna approach the situation or how she's gonna tackle the case that she's working on. And you know she's seeking counsel but not actually seeking counsel she's mm-hmm. seeking she's validating mm-hmm. what she feels or what she wants to do mm-hmm. and using them as a a mute sounding board yeah and that's what like you said that's what we do yep. you know sometimes we 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 really don't want the answer. Well, we think we want the answer, but our actions show that we don't want the answer because we still want to, as you said before, we want to pilot the ship rather than be the co-pilot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to be a passenger in in anything. Oh well, I take it back. When it comes to visions and our dreams, we want to be in front. We want to be the driver of it. And that's not what God called us to be. God called us to have the vision, but then put the right people in place. But your your role is not to drive it; you just construct it. Yeah. So you like your position on whatever you're creating is not really important. The importance is what what you build. Just kind of like with Noah, the art went where God wanted it to go. He just had to build it. He had to be obedient to build it. That's the vision. God didn't say, okay, I want you to be up front and you just do this and all that kind of stuff like yeah. that. And get the and get the animals and get the people on there. And that's what God wants us to do with the thing that he really puts on our heart to do. is not for us to be in the forefront and say like, oh, look at me. I'm driving this big old ship. I'm flying the plane, you know. That's not what he. That's not what he called us to do. He said, "I just want you to build the plane. Yeah, I just want you to build the ship. <laughs> I just, I just want you to. I just want you to build this house. I want you to build the business. I want you to build the organization. But I don't care about you being in the head of it. You let me be head. Yeah, yeah. You just do the work.
0: <laughs> Is it so? While we've been talking, remember I, I came on here and I said." I don't know how my two examples...
1: Uh-huh. We're going to work. We're, we're going
0: gonna, gonna to fit in.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, I feel like it's, it's... So you've got the two different behaviors mm-hmm. in, in Paul, who was Saul at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, for those of you that aren't familiar, the story is in Act, Acts 9 and it's where paul is converted from his traditional Ju- judaic roots or Ju- jewish roots J- judaism to christianity to becoming a follower of jesus christ yeah. and in that story paul is so arrogant in his knowledge because he is a he is a scholar he is someone of importance or um, in, in terms of the Jewish faith. He is respected in his knowledge. And in that arrogance, he was persecuting and killing Christians in Jerusalem. And then he goes and he gets, in that same high seat that he's put himself on, goes to the high priest and says, I need a letter of authority to for, to allow me to go to Damascus and to round these these um, people up and deal with them according I'll bring them back to Jerusalem and and we'll deal with them accordingly so on his way Jesus steps he Jesus speaks to him and he's blinded by this bright light and he ha- and he has to be led by hand into Damascus, into a place where Jesus tells him to go. Mm-hmm. And he's there for several days. And um, so I'll make this first point here. Jesus must have been calling to Paul for a long time. hmm but Paul, in his arrogance, continued to speak and refused to listen. Mm-hmm. He, his voice and his self-righteousness and his own knowledge must have been so loud that he was drowning out the voice of God mm-hmm. to the point where God said, OK, now I have to really do something drastic because I need this guy to shut up so that he can actually hear what I have planned. And you hear that as the story continues when he gets to Damascus and uh, Jesus calls to, Jesus gives Ananias a vision to go to see Paul and to lay hands on Paul and pray for Paul so Paul can, Paul's sight can be restored. And Ananias, again, what does Ananias do? He, he he starts talking and doesn't listen so god has given him an instruction and his first response is is but god mm-hmm. so it wasn't like okay god I, I, you know best i'm going to do this he's his response but but god this is an evil man that's committed so much evil against people that follow you why do you want me to go and pray for him and do that's not in my best interest and that's not in your best interest. Mm -hmm. So again, a bit like Job telling God what's in his best interest. And, um, and this is where I, this is what led me to understand that God must've been reaching out to, to Paul for, for a while. Let me, let me quickly jump to it. So I read it as it's, um, read it as it's written. But, um, basically God's, Jesus says to Ananias, it says, um, but the Lord, so this is verse 15, Acts 9, verse 15. Uh, but the Lord said to him, Go for this man is a deliberately chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel, for I will make clear to him how much he must suffer and endure for my name's sake. So, Jesus said that he was deliberately chosen. So it means that Paul was selected a long time ago. It wasn't just some random decision to s- suddenly say, hey, hey, Paul, you today, uh, you were just you just happened to be on the road to Damascus. Uh, I was on my way here and we bumped, hey, you know, you'll, you'll do. No, God he said this is it was a deliberate deliberate choice. And when we learn more about Paul, we learn Paul is a man that's um educated in Greek and capable of taking the gospel not only to his own but to um the Gentiles. And then why why was Paul so specifically chosen? Because God wanted to use someone that was so actively and violent, violently against him to bring people to him. And it's again, it's like that faith statement. It's like that contradiction. <laughs> yep. I'm going to, I'm going to use the person that was so against me to bring you to me. Yep. And, um, so for me, that was Paul was a perfect example of that arrogant state that we can be in where God is trying to speak to us. And because we, we, we refuse to listen, God needs to tell us in whatever way he does to shut up so the message can come across. Mm-hmm. Moses was the opposite. When Moses saw the burning bush he walks to the burning bush and moses first so moses first reaction was i should run away from this uh-huh. which starts which says a whole lot about moses at uh-huh. straight at that point he turns around and he doesn't want to face the situation and again it is Direct contradiction to the man that we were introduced to at the beginning. The man that we were introduced to was an angry man that couldn't control his temper mm-hmm. and didn't run away from things. He ran to things and responded violently. Mm-hmm. By the time we meet him, tending to Jeffro's flocks, he'd become this man that was afraid. Then God speaks to him from the bush and Moses responds by saying, "Well, God, how are they going to believe? How are they going to believe that it was you that sent me?" Uh-huh. So he he gives him gives him the signs. It'll turn drop your drop your staff turns to a snake, pick it back up. Put your hand in your coat, bring it out, Leprous, put it back in. "Hey, look, my hand's back to normal." Mhm. He said, okay, 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 I, I see that, God. That's, that's a cool trick. Mm-hmm. But who should I tell them sent me then? And he said, I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I hear you. That's all good. And I would do that if I could speak properly. You see, I know you've given me the signs and you, you know, you've told me what to say, but... With all of that, I can't actually talk. I, I, I'm not of eloquent speech. So you got the wrong one, God. I, I, I can't do this. So Moses just keeps talking and talking and talking and doesn't, to the point where it says God gets angry with him. And similarly to how he has to silence Job, God has to silence him and says, okay, take your brother Aaron. He's on his way here anyway. I will put the words into you to give to Aaron and Aaron will be the mouthpiece. What excuse you got now? And it's, it's, and those are the two extremes, you know, one that's too arrogant to, to stop and hear that he's being called. And the other one that's too afraid of his calling. So he keeps talking to try and get out of his calling.
1: So, man, I wrote a couple notes. <laughs> so, uh, you set up a lot of different points for me to connect. So, I'm going to try and go through them. So, just like we are talking before. So, so before he came, Paul, God had already sent in a vision. So, as he going through his transformation process, God sends somebody to help that transition. Right. Forward. But just, just like we were talking about before, if Ananias wouldn't have heated to that vision, then what would that leave Saul? Right. Would he would he become Paul if he didn't have because then the thing the in the key point I, I wrote it down when you said it. The main part with that Saul was blinded. So if you can't see and you used to being there to go and do what you want to do, and now you got to rely on God, then that gets you to that private place. Where then you have to communicate. It's just you and God. He's like, okay, since you wanna you wanna do what you want to do, you want to go where you want to go, you want to see all the stuff you want to see, I got I'm gonna take it away. Right. Now I got. Now you're gonna have to listen. Now you're gonna have to listen to me. Now you to, to listen to me now, and and so that's what that's why God has to be heavy handed with a lot of us because if He don't strip something away from us, we won't then rely on Him, and that's what the walk in Christianity is. It's a walk, the understanding that. You can't do life without God. And every time we try and get to the point where we feel like we can, then he like, okay, let bring you on back down. Let me bring you on back down. <laughs> let me bring you on back down. And because that's what we do when things start getting better, you like, oh man, I just praying and stuff. You know, that was when I was down, you know, I'm on now. I got this money coming in, everything good. I, you know. I, you know, I was, you know, church thing read my Bible, but I ain't, you know, I ain't gonna do that right now. I'm, I'm good. And he like, okay, all right, let me, let me knock you on back down. Come, come on back down. And so, it's a constant battle that we put ourselves through because we we intentionally distance ourselves from God at different parts in our life. Sometimes we distance ourselves when things are going good, and sometimes we distance ourselves. Because things are not going the way we want it to. And we make that, that excuse to be like, right, God, I got out. You don't want nothing to do with me. I don't want nothing to do with you. Because evidently, you just want, my, want to make my life bad. So I, whatever you want to do. But it's when you understand what it's for, then you can get the instruction from, from what you're going through. So then you went to Moses, and I'm glad you you hit all the points I was I wanted to hit. So, so you were saying he was more afraid of the calling and the thing that he thought was gonna be his limitation, God provided an answer for. So he was like, Lord, I can't, you know, I can't speak. You know, I, I'm not a powerful speaker. I like, got you. Here you go. You got somebody that's gonna speak for you. And was like. Oh man, God, I ain't know you're gonna do like I, I thought that was gonna work. And that's what we do. And it brought me back to like what I was talking about the other week about the container versus the content. We always speak from our limitations from the container, which is us, but not the content. And that's what God always seeks out. And that's why he called who he called. Because he's like, I don't care about this. People, man, cares about this. I care about this, <laughs> and he like, "And I can, I can overlook all of this, all of what you did, all the folks you killed, all the, all this stuff. I can overlook all of that because I know what's in here." And that's the thing that we don't look at when we're talking about our issues is we're not looking at it from a content standpoint because God is calling us. From the content, not the container. The container is always a thing that clouds our view because we saying, Lord, you can't use me because of this. And you remember what I did over here? You can't use you can't use me for that. You can't use like, I don't care about that. I care about the contents that I put in. Cause like you said before, it was already and you didn't say predestined, but that's kind of what it Inherently he already gave us the things that we'll need. We just don't know how to activate them. The only way we can activate our gifts is through God. That's why he put it in us so we could draw near to him. Right. That's the only way we can be our full self if we bring our gifts to him. Because he knows what they use for. We'll use them for our own gain. And that's yep. not what he put them in there for yep. us use it like that so yeah that's that's yeah yeah you had some I had to make connect some dots with you yeah you, you, you No
0: nah, I, I like where you were going but <laughs> while, you, while you was talking you, you said something and and this is something that you've said a number of times um, mm-hmm. and when things are going bad we are very quick to oh, uh, you know I I forget you God, because you, mm-hmm. you don't, you clearly don't care about me. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't want to know, you don't want to know, you know, you don't want to help me out. You don't want to help mm-hmm. me out. You, you, you see that I'm suffering, but you just leaving me here. You, you ain't saying nothing. You, you see what they, you see how they do with me, God, you see how they doing me. And, mm-hmm. and we start, like I said, we get in our feelings, mm-hmm. but there's something that you, you know, and we've used this, um, we've used this on a pre- previous episode, but, you know, uh, what was it Jer- Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where it says, um, yep. for I know the plans and the thoughts I have for you, mm-hmm. says the Lord, plans of peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Mm-hmm. Now, we remember that scripture yep. when we want to ask God for something. Right. But we forget it when we go in through something. Mhm, and then it's the same way when it's when when it comes to um, I can't remember the, where, exactly where it is, but it says you know uh, for he he will not allow you to go through more than you can bear. Right now, again, we might know it in the early stages of when something looks like it's coming up, mm-hmm. but in the midst of it, we forget that. But. These these scriptures are here as an armament. They are, as it says in Proverbs, or what Proverbs uses it to talk about children. But I'd like to liken the scriptures to that. They are quivers. They are um, arrows in the quiver of a skilled archer. If you if you know which scriptures to 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 draw on when you are meditating and when you are in a situation, you suddenly turn to Hawkeye out there because you are draw you are taking God's word back to Him. You were saying, "Hey, hey, God! You clearly told me in your word that you are not man that you would lie. Mm-hmm. So when you said," that you have plans for me that are for a better future and a, and and a hope Mm -hmm. clearly this situation that I'm going through right now cannot be my truth. Yeah. So what is, what is the outcome of this? Because I know that the, the outcome is that I will not be destroyed. So what do I need to do to get to that next level? Let me sit here and meditate on this scripture, meditate and pray and wait to hear from you. So you tell me how to move, you know, um, combine this with, I can't remember what it is. Um, song, uh, forgive me. My, my memory is just gone today, but it says the word is a lamp onto
1: our feet In a lamp to our
0: and a light unto our path. Now you take this. So, We've said, and we've said this before, you're not supposed to see all the way down the street. Right. Because you get ahead of yourself, and in your arrogance, you will run ahead thinking you know the way to go. God, when you are truly walking, and it again, this is what I love about the things of God. They sound like they are counterintuitive, but really they truly require faith Uh because when you are truly connected to God, you know, everyone thinks, well, if I'm, if I'm connected to God, then God is going to show me. He's going to show me how everything is going to map out. No, he's not. (laughs) Because when you say, okay, God, I'm giving you control. He says, all right, I'm going to show you the next step. And I need you to take that step Uh before I show you the one after. And and I'm not gonna show you the one after until you stretch out your foot to take it. Uh-huh. So you're gonna you're gonna need to put your foot out, not knowing whether there is solid ground beneath that for you to put your foot on. Can you handle that? Uh-huh. And that's when we that's when we're like, oh God, you don't even care about me. You ain't telling me whether I should go right or left. No, I need. you to, I've told you where to go, but because you can't see, you don't want to stretch out your foot. I need you to have the faith to stretch out your foot, so that you know, so that you can actually put your foot down on the solid ground that, that will appear as you put your foot down. But because you keep talking, you're not listening to what I'm, that I'm telling you to go. I'm telling you to go this way. Mm-hmm. You want? You keep asking me to show you the whole road. And I'm telling you, I'm not showing you the whole road. I'm showing. I will show you the path, the next step as you take a step. But because it's not what we want to hear, we don't stop talking. We keep talking instead of taking action.
1: Yeah. And and but the the flip side of that is, if he showed us the whole path, then we wouldn't want to take a step. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if we saw the whole road, it's kind of like. You you know, uh, like back in the day with like Super Mario Brothers and stuff, and you see the whole map and like, all yeah. oh, what you gotta do to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, t- I'm turning this off. Man, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do all this, man. I gotta go up here and then this goes to
0: another part. <laughs> and, and then you me. go up the pipe and you end up you in know, that unknown world and you,
1: you're another like. World, another world, another world. And that is the same thing. It's like, we'll be overwhelmed if we saw the whole map. And you like, you think you think I'm being mean by just showing you this you can't even handle the whole map if I show yeah. it. To you. you wouldn't want it because if you saw so far ahead what really was gonna happen when you went down this path, you would say, God, you know what, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. This this level right here I'm on, I just wanna stay right here. I don't wanna go, I don't wanna go to the next the next stage, the next world or whatever. I just wanna be here. I'm uncomfortable right yeah. here. And he like, nope, I need you to go forward. I need you to go to the next step. Because it just like um when you you know, you're talking about Moses, you're talking about the, you know, the children of Israel when they were out there in the desert, you know, for those 40 years, even with that, even though they were moving, even though they were kind of like going in circles <laughs> around and around, right? God provided manna each day. But they had to go to that next place to get the manna for that day. And most of us are stuck in one place waiting for the manna to come back down and it's falling in the next place.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's like, if you go, I got provisions. It might not look like what you thought it would, it might not be the food you want, it might not be all of what you it's not gonna be the glamorous thing, but I got provisions in the next place. If you go. But we drown ourselves out with we calling such and such. What you think about it? I'm thinking about going, I feel like the Lord's, but I don't know. I ain't nothing over there. Man, I don't know about that, man. You know what I'm saying? It's it ain't too much out there over there in this city. You might not want that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know how you you like, you know, you like high class stuff, you know, you like expensive stuff, man. You know that that kinda of, you know, that ain't gonna be for you, man. You like man, yeah. you like you right, man, you know how I am, man. You know how I am <laughs> And we'll let people talk us out and, and then we'll it'll be a couple days later and like, Man, this still don't feel right. I feel yeah. like something missing. But I I don't know. And then it's it, it kinda like and that, that voice gets louder, and like, no, you need to go. It's like no, no, that ain't God, that it. Man, let me let me check out this new show that's on Netflix or something like that. Let me go and turn the volume up. Yeah. Let me go do something. Oh, hey, I want to hang out or whatever I did. Well, mm-hmm. not hang out, you know, virtually Zoom, FaceTime, whatever everybody do. now. <laughs> so, so, so we do we do that now. So yeah. You, you just want to drown out. You want to drown it out. You want to find anything to drown it out. He was like, all right, cool. All right, cool. Gonna, we're going to see. So then a pandemic come and shut everything down. and now Yep. the me and you. Or something else happened. Or you might have, you know, weather happen. Or, you know, flood or snow or whatever. And then the power go out. And you're like, okay. Here it goes. Just me and you. Like, I don't know what you're running right. to run into. You know, it's gonna be me and you eventually, so you gonna yeah. have to figure it out. You keep I trying. I make
0: whatever you. situation I need to make happen. Yeah. So it's just me and you.
1: Yeah, it's just me and you, and and, and we, and that's what you just think about it. Uh, and it's something that I know I can definitely tell the difference when I I have too much screen time, whether I'm on my computer, or my phone, or tablet. The more tablet or more screen time I have. It's like the worst I feel. Like, either I feel like overwhelmed or just tired or kind of stressed, even though I might be watching entertainment stuff or whatever, because I'm intaking too much information. Mm. And I don't give myself time to process. And that's kind of how it is with God, too. He wants to talk to us, but He ain't gonna compete with all the noise. But the stuff he tells us, we're going to have to have time, like you were talking about before, that private place to process it. Because you'll hear what God says, but you need time to reflect and process it, too. Yeah. You can hear it, but then if you move on to the next activity, you're not fully getting the context of what he just told you. So he might say, like, you need to stop. And, and you're like, okay, I must need to just stop what I'm doing for a minute but you're not getting the context of what that might mean. That might yeah. You might need to stop something that you're doing that's wrong. You might need to stop a relationship. You might need to stop the job that you you know You don't know. You got to get the context. So that's the important, too. You can hear what God said, but do, do you have the right context of what he said?
0: Yeah. So, it's... You know you would say because I'm glad you brought up the children of Israel because it made me think you know we talked about we couldn't if God showed you the whole path you can't handle it
1: mm-hmm.
0: well God showed the children of Israel mm-hmm. the promised land mm-hmm. he took them up and he said yo there it is mm-hmm. he goes I'm, I'm going to give you manna today
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you cross that, you're gonna be in a land of milk and honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were probably like, "Ooh, that look good. That look good. Like, look at look, look at the animal running right there." Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Then
0: they saw the Canaanites. Yep. And they was like, "Oh man, who that? That that is that shack? <laughs> <Yep. laughs> like, yep. That that dude is like seven foot tall." Yep. Yep. Not only is he seven foot tall, he's like three hundred pounds of muscle. Mm-hmm. Like I go down there, and suddenly the, there was no trust. Yep. There was. They saw the steps that were required to get into the promised land, and they decided, "Nah, you know what." <laughs> that milk and honey don't look that good, you know. Matter of fact, I'm vegan now, so we don't even need that milk and honey. <laughs>
1: right, right. God, keep, keep giving me the man of God, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But ooh, you brought up a point and so and I don't know if you saw, the, I think it was either Keon's last sermon or maybe the last tablet of the text, but they talked about this very thing. I think Raymond said it, but he was saying, isn't it funny that, you know, God showed them the blessing and they saw the enemy. Right. And he was like, if they would just focus on the blessing, if God showed the blessing first, then the enemy, he would already either handle the enemy or show how, show them how to defeat the enemy. Right. They saw the enemy, they forfeited the blessing. Like, oh, yeah, like you see like, yeah, they look good, but then, oh, nah, we, we, good. we good. Right, and that's it, it's the focus. And yep, it's,
0: yep. So, is your, and we've said this before,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is your focus on the, on the gift or the giver of the gift?
1: Yep.
0: Is your focus on the blessing
1: mm-hmm.
0: or on the, the giver of the blessing? are you looking at the container Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or the content? Mm -hmm. Because if you're looking at the content, you understand that the container is taken care of. Mm -hmm. And it was when Joshua came along and Joshua saw the land, Joshua said, Yep, the land is just as the Lord says. Now, that that means, that don't mean Joshua, because Joshua went into the land to scope Mm. it out. Mm -hmm. He must have been sneaking around and seeing the giants and seeing the Canaanites and seeing the the fortified cities and all of that. And he he came back and he was like, no, y'all, it's all good. It is all good. It's just as the Lord said, we about to take this. Mm Mm-hmm. He didn't see, he didn't focus on the enemy, he focused on the promise. Because, and that activated what needed to be activated to allow them to conquer the, the land. But his ancestors focused as you say, they focused on the the enemy rather than focused on the promise. Uh And, and that's what we do. Yeah. That's what we, a lot of us get so caught up in because I'm not, let me, let me make this clear to anyone that is under our, the the sound of our voice today. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm there is we are not saying that there will be no adversity if you came onto this podcast <laughs> right. expecting to hear how to be perfectly human uh-huh. um, then you that, know, that this ain't it that ain't it there is going to be adversity uh-huh. there is going to be challenge the bible says Jesus says that they will persecute us the way they persecuted him. And we saw what they did to him. So we know what that to expect an unfair undue treatment in this life as Christians. Yep. The mere fact that you accept to walk with God means that you've painted a target on your back for the enemy to shoot shoot at. But with all of that said, the word says, Jeremiah 29, um, is it 11? nine mm-hmm. eleven, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's 11, <laughs> yeah, it's 11. 11. 11. 11, yeah, 11, 11, 11. You're, so, you're for I know the plans and thoughts I have for you, mm-hmm. says the Lord plans of peace and well being and not for disaster, to give you a future and hope, a future and hope, peace and well-being there. Are, so how many, how many things there? One, two, three, four, four statements, four distinct statements of blessing and success versus one mention of something bad disaster mm-hmm. means it's four, four, four to one. His plans for you are four to one. There is the disaster will never overtake the plans of good that God has for you. Put simple. It's just, it's.
1: Let me say, let me say, let me say this. Let me say All right, this. all right, go. Then I'm going to let you go. Cause it, it feels right. So the, 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 the key three words in there at the beginning for, I know, so to right. fully know the plans of God, you have to come to God to get the plan. Right. If you got plans and you don't know God's plan, then you don't you don't even know the path that he has for you. Cause he said, for I know the plan. So if you don't, so then if you don't come to God or read the scripture, like you were saying, like with the arrows and stuff then how do you know what to target if you don't know what God said and who God is so that he can tell you what you need to know? Yeah. Because if he's not God to you, then he won't know and you won't ask because he's not God in the relationship that you have with him. He might be somebody at church or this picture on the wall or whatever the old bible that your mama grandmama got and whatever like that that might be your relationship with god but if you have a personal relationship with god therefore i know you have to ask him about the plans that he has for For you for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go. go. Yeah, but there's that, no to
0: No, you see, you you you're bringing me back in. Yeah? <laughs> you back on you back on those alley oops again. Okay. 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 So, um, I, I want to set you up. So, um, something something that I, I was going to mention earlier was it's something that I've seen in a lot of Christian walks. Oh. Oh. Um. I, I can't decide on that. I've got to talk to my pastor before I I, I, I do. Um, um, oh, so what you going to do? I'm going to see what pastor's got to say about this. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, my relationship. Got, well, I'm going to talk to pastor because pastor's my spiritual leader. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. But have you talked to God? Right. What does God say? Because your pastor is not God. Right. And we and and this is something that really drives me crazy. Christians have made idols mm-hmm. of their pastor. Yep. Your pastor is not Jesus. Your pastor is not God. Your pastor is not the Holy Spirit. Your pastor is an individual that God is. He is the equivalent of a Levite. Mm-hmm. He is someone who God has put. As a high as as a priest, not even that because the robe was torn. Jesus is now our high priest. So Mm -hmm. this guy is just a priest. Mm -hmm. He's not even he's not the high priest, he's just a priest. But guess what? The Bible says that we are all priests of a royal order. Therefore, you are a priest. You are a priest. It's like Oprah, you are a priest. (laughs) You You get a a (laughs) card. So it's like (laughs) What does that tell us? It means that there is no hierarchy here. Your pastor is no more special than you are. Uh Therefore, if you have a situation, a problem, something, Jeremiah 11 says, for I know, Mm -hmm. take it back to the person that knows the plans that they have for you and mm-hmm. ask of him back to the same thing we said a few a number of episodes back when we said it's the architect mm-hmm. and the contractor. Yep. I can build a house however I want to, and I know the code, I know everything. But mm-hmm. if I don't have the plans from the architect, I, what I build isn't going to meet the expectation or the need. Right. So go back to the architect and understand the plan. You do not need a third party. You do not need a consultant to do that for you. Right. It's and and this is but this is how this is how we've structured society. We don't want to ask the questions of the supplier ourselves, so we'd be like, um, okay, I'm going to hire a consultant to go ask the, the to go ask. That guy for me, because I don't want to talk to him directly, I'm going to get someone, because I think he's a specialist, and so he could go talk to him for me, and then come back and tell me what he says, and then I'll make a decision. Now, I may not know, I may not have the knowledge that this consultant has, but the same information that he's going to relay to me is the same thing that supplier is going to tell me. Matter of fact, he might change the information a bit because he needs to make a little bit of bread on this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he may not give me the true answer. But if I go to the source, I bet you I get the real answer. Mm-hmm. And and that's and that's where you know that's how we operate. We constantly want to filter everything through middleman be it our pastor be it our our friend be it our um our spouse or whoever it may be mm-hmm. the fact is none of these people can substitute or take the place of your relationship with god they cannot be your conduit to god you must enter into relationship and enter into conversation just as it says that when god gave the vision to ananias he said to him go to this house and you will find paul there for he is praying there so as soon as paul had the encounter with jesus he went and he was in isolation as we said god needs to separate us and put us in isolation yeah. And he went straight. He took the right action. He was in prayer, waiting, waiting for this, for Ananias to come. Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know. The, <laughs> yeah, look, look, you, so I'm glad that you said that about the pastors because I promise you I had this conversation <laughs> like a day or two <laughs> ago because but I'm going I'm to a take a, a different a different take on it that's why in the last few years you've seen a rise in suicide in pastors because of all of what is being brought to them that is not for them to carry Right. As a pastor, they are there to feed you the word of God. That's their main focus. yeah they have other responsibilities and stuff, but that's you know they're supposed to teach you the word of God, but you have to then act out that relationship on a personal one-on-one with you and God. Stop trying to make your pastor be responsible for everything in your life. He right. come. You gotta come with your baby born, when, when somebody in the hospital, when you get a new house, when you start a business, when he you just got, oh pastor, I want you to bless the house. I want you to do this. Oh, Lord, uh Pastor, you know, pray for me, come and pray. And oh, I got somebody that's oh, somebody needs some help with it. Man, look, pray for yourself. first. Mm-hmm. Now You can go to your pastor for counsel, but do your part first and stop bringing everything to your pastor. He got stuff or she got stuff going on in their own life. Right. They got to maintain their life so then they could be an effective shepherd for the flock. But if you won't allow them to have, because they gotta have time with God too, in order give mm-hmm. you to word, like, oh pal, I, I ain't I ain't feel that, cause he tired, cause he tired of dealing with Joe stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if he had to talk to you all day long, you call him all day long, right? He to the word instead of like he need to, but you oh, I don't know. I, I wasn't feeling pastor. I don't know what it is. I just you know, he was. He had that five back then, but I don't. I just don't know no more. I just don't. <laughs> Because he tired. He tired of y'all. That's what he tired of. He tired of y'all. He can't stand he can't like that. Y'all get mad like, oh, man, I don't know why he said that. He's sick of y'all. He's sick of y'all, oh, man, and bringing it to him. He don't care about all this stuff. Um. <laughs> no, but but it's, it's real and neat. This is the kind like, man, I'm, I promise you I'm so glad this is they used to be, too, because you just realize, and that's what people got to realize, they people, too. Yeah. stop trying to, stop trying to make them monuments, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Stop. Stop all of that, because you hurting them, too, because they don't have space to be themselves, either. They just like you. They want to watch TV and watch yeah. football games. Hang out sometime too. Yeah, that's what they want to do too. But you want to allow them to do that? Go, oh, I saw past over here. Oh, I saw pals with talking. Since I wonder what that's about. Right. right. Do, do something with yourself. Do do, do something with yourself. Right. That's what you do. Stop worrying about what everybody else doing. That's why I say this all the time. I say it's a twenty-four hour day job dealing with me. I don't have time to be worried about what other people doing or oh, what was going on. Yeah, don't come, don't come to me with that. And then, so that's that's the other thing. God wants you to shut up. God wants you to shut up about talking about other people too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why you can't hear him, because you're talking about other folks too much. For real. Stop talking. Let, about me, people. let me
0: let me let me bring <laughs> some stuff down. God wants you to stop talking about other people. Right. God wants you to take your butt home from church every day. And go home. Cause you ain't supposed to be in that building every day. It just so you ain't supposed to be in the choir, in the in the part of the Usher team, okay. Part of the welcoming team. Okay. Part of the
1: um the the the, the church fund team. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the, the missionary team. uh But see, uh but see the the one the one ain't in no ministry, but the the parking lot, the part they see that's that's what I, <laughs> Go home. No, be in the parking lot after church talking. Go home. I'm like... If you a parking lot, you a parking lot (laughs) minister, you know what I'm talking about. Go home, because you ain't talking about nothing worth nothing now. Go home. I'm
0: like, so many... This is something that really bugs me, because... So, people have associated God with the church. Now the Bible says, "Do not neglect the, the communion with believers." Right, so right. church is important,
1: right.
0: but but the building mm-hmm. is not God. Right? Your choir group is not God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do not get it confused that your works. Because those are what those things are serving in the, in the parking team or serving as an usher or serving in the choir. Those are works. Mm. Your works do not constitute faith or relationship or relationship. Yeah. So thinking that you are filling because you are filling every single day of the week with works does not make you more connected to God or more of a Christian than anyone else. In fact, you are neglecting your first ministry. If you are a husband or a wife, you are neglecting your first ministry, which is in your house, your family. Your family altar is your most important ministry. Your first job is to focus on relationship with God for yourself. Mm-hmm. Your second is to get your house in order because, the, you know, that's why people keep saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Well, how is your house going to serve the Lord when you're never there?
1: Say say that say that again. Say say already. You get to breathe, right? I'm
0: like, how is your house going to serve the Lord if you are never there? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this is my this is people wonder why why me and my wife decided to homeschool our children. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar principle if they are in, I don't care whether it's a Christian school or whether it's a, it's a secular school, whatever it is, they spend more time with those educators. And I, I use that word educators because that is what they are. And it's not just academically educating your children that they are doing. They are socially and religiously and relationally educating your children. They are teaching them how to interact with the world. They are teaching them how to interact in, in how to pick a faith. They are teaching them what they believe is right and what is wrong. Now, we all know that we are human beings, and that's why this podcast exists, Imperfectly Human. So the people that you are in, even if it's a Christian school or whatever, the people that you are handing your children to are imparting their views on your children. Well, God gave me these children to steward and look after. So the responsibility is on myself and my wife to make sure that we equip them in the most godly way that we know how to be ready for the world. Mm -hmm. So part of our education for them is teaching them. And I spoke about this on the daily perspective because my last episode was, um, spare the rod, spoil the child. Mm -hmm. Cause I, I, I said it, some of your parents out there, you throwing hands out of frustration, not, not out of wisdom or, or discipline or correction. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That isn't, mm -mm. You're dead wrong for that. you you just whooping the child for the sake of whooping the child because you're mad. You might have had a bad day on the job, so you decide you're going to come home and, and your kid does something so trivial and you beat them to oblivion. That ain't good. But, you know, one of the things I said on there is that we are educating our children on how to handle conflict because they they enter into conflict at home. Between themselves, the siblings, they enter into conflict with us when they disagree with, with, how, with something that we tell them. Now, if, if, I'm, if I'm using this or this or whatever, however you want to say, or to correct them, what message am I communicating to them about how they deal with conflict? I'm not saying, I'm not telling any parent how, whether it's right or wrong to spank your child. But the Bible says that do not spare the 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 um, it, it says do not spare the rod of discipline it's basically saying discipline is correcting your child it's punishment to correct your child now that doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean. Beating them, and I know there's another scripture further on in Proverbs where it talks about physical discipline. Now, again, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily equate to beating them. It, it, you know, you could make them stoop in a squat position so they feel that tension in their legs where it feels like their legs don't give way. <laughs> you know, you can make them stand with a book on their head, and they got. Th- Whatever you choose, however, you you don't have to put hands on them. But what what it requires is it says that it should be the discipline should be appropriate and applied with wisdom. So what does that mean? To me, that's telling you that as a parent, your responsibility is to help them understand why their actions were wrong. Or, what the choice, why the choice they made was maybe not the smartest choice. You can't make choices for them. Stop trying to live your life through them. These are children that have to live their own lives and walk their own paths. All you can do is give them enough information to educate them to make the right choices in life. And if you, and that's why the Bible says that if you, um, if you re- train a child in the way that they should go, they will not depart from it. So if you can't, if you give them the information and you give them the truth, the right information, the breadth of it, they have that knowledge to go forward and to make the right decisions. Now, if you ain't at home to give them this, this information because every day you go off to work, then you go to church, and you come home at 10 o'clock and they're in bed already, where is the time to correct or discipline or, or, or edge or give them the wisdom? Where would you spend in that time to say, well, well, baby, this is what the Bible says. This is what, and, and why do you think Jesus wants us to do that? Well, this is why I think Jesus wants us to do that. What do you think? Engage in dialogue with your children to educate them because you are equipping them not only to be able to, to take the Bible and to apply it to their lives, but also how to discuss with other people and to debate with other people to to, um, articulate their point of view. You're equipping them with life skills that they will need in the world when they get out there and they need to negotiate or they need to do other stuff. If you can't even if you can't give them that knowledge at home because you're not there, you're trusting other people to do it. And guess what? They're going to make your children mini me's, not mini you's, mini versions of themselves. So for me, that was all of these things kind of fed to why my children are home educated. Plus I did not want someone to tell them what plans they have for them, because that's another thing that educators in, in school, in the, sorry, not, not all educators. Let me stand, let me take that back because Terrence, you're an educator. <laughs> and, I, and, 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 and I know that's not how you operate, but no, no. The, school, the school system, the school, the traditional school system is not designed, it's not designed to create independent thinkers. They may tell you that, but that's not what the system is designed. The, the schooling system was created in the industrial age to create more, people more people to go into the workforce so if you're an independent thinker you're not thinking about going into the workforce you're thinking ab- about creating your own way they don't want that they want people to go in they need more people in the system so for me that is the first thing that 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 was one of the most important things because Going back to that scripture, Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you. Well, the only person that knows the plans that he has for my girls is God, because he put the passion that they have in them. Their, their, their desires, their dreams, everything came from him. Therefore, the only person who knows those plans is God. And the only person who can impart that knowledge on them is God. So I need to encourage them to know how to seek God's word so that they may know what his plans are for, he, for their life. I'm not gonna have someone tell them, well, you can't do that. Oh, you don't have the skills to do that. Oh, maybe you should do this. No, you're not, you didn't you're not the architect of their life. God is the architect of their life, and only God is gonna tell them where they're gonna go. And once they know where they where they believe God is leading them, my job is to help them get the skills that they need to get to that destination. However, their education needs to be shaped to get them to that destination my responsibility is to provide the resources to ensure that they get that education. And that is all I, that is all I'm here to do. So I had to unschool myself and take myself out of my way of thinking that had been, I guess, passed down to me. And I had to reeducate myself on what education really is. There's a difference between education and schooling. And people don't realize that they just think, "Oh, you, you go to school so you get an education." No, you're being schooled. You're being taught a system. Education can happen wherever you are. Sorry, I don't said a whole
1: lot. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to get, you had to get that out. You I had, had, to to it chest, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> had to get off my chest, man. I didn't let you go. I didn't, I didn't let you go. I didn't, but it. So I, I think. I think we did talk in like two or three other new topics down the line oh yeah oh yeah yeah so we
0: we we done with, with 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 jesus telling me to telling y'all to shut up that was yeah. that was i took over jesus said i should tell you people that
1: don't like to go home to shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that they're one and then but i one that i really feel that we might want to tackle Is that one with the pastors? Because I think that's an important message for people to get. Yeah, Um, definitely. So when you say that, that, because I think that's an issue that does get talked about. And it's something that a lot of pastors want to say, but they they don't have the room or the space to say that. But it's like they so overwhelmed. Yeah. They can't really focus on or... Just like I'm gonna say this and then and then we can we can wrap up. But it was a um it's a it's a pastor called Reginald Sharp. Uh, he took over uh is it like a a it's a real well known church. Uh I can't remember the name of it right now. I get it eventually. But so he was talking to Kevin on stage. And he he interviewed him because he had like a a clip of him shouting or something after he preached and then went mm. by. Him. And so they were on stage kind of brought him on. So they just had a just kind of like how we talking and they were going back and forth. And one of the things he said was, he said, I'm so thankful for the pandemic. He said, because I was I wouldn't have slowed down or stopped. And he was like, I would get up. Sunday after Sunday and, and preach from a place of being empty. Right. And he was like and he was like I, I before I got ready, like Lord, you're going to have to give me something because I, I, ain't, I, ain't I ain't got, got any, nothing I, left in the tank. I, 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 I ain't got nothing. And he was like I was going to be doing these conferences and preaching, doing revivals and doing all this stuff at the church. And he was like that gave me a time to really just get reconnected back with God. Same with, it was a pastor I think in Alabama or something, and he took a sabbatical. And that was a whole big thing about, oh, he took a sabbatical and why, oh, he the leader and why he step away and stuff like that. And he said, I needed time to reconnect with God, me and yeah. God to have some time. And I think it's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's the healthier way. And like you were saying, too, some things have been done in a old way or been done the same way for so long that it doesn't work the same way like what pastors have to do now versus what they had to do back in the day is different you know and i you know in like mississippi or the south of you know smaller churches you know they only had service two sundays a month then you maybe have sunday school on the odd or even sundays yeah it wasn't full-time church like we went full-time in my, you know, in my lifetime, we used to be, I think, like, second and fourth Sunday. But every Sunday, that wasn't the thing. That just kind of happened <laughs> recently, you know, so that wasn't the norm. So, it's a lot more things. You got social media, you got to be on, you got to, you know, promote yourself, and you got to have books to sell, and, this and yep. you know, all kind of stuff. You got to have a whole image now, and that takes you far away from what God just called you to do, and and so, I, I like I said, I just think that that's a good area to go in because that's something that I know them going not get talked about as much as it should. But I, um, yeah, it's been a good it's been a good conversation
0: today. Yeah, to yeah. oh man, you 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 got me fired up. You got me fired <laughs> up because I, and you know I, I'm I'm gonna say what I got to say till we get off. Do we come off air because, like, I I, I still want to talk about about that pastor situation. So we we to finish this up on another episode. But me me, when we say bye
1: to y'all, we <laughs> yeah we to <laughs> we gonna keep <laughs> talking. we talk <got> so <laughs> we gonna talk about but that one right there. I think that no for really real awesome. for
0: real. I I, I think Absolutely. I think people don't really appreciate how much damage they do to their pastors yeah so yep, yep. yeah but um we're gonna we're gonna give you the socials so you can uh connect with me on twitter and and yo my my Twitter has been blowing up today um, uh-huh. um i I think i I think i uh I commented on something about Facebook using you know spying on people through their cameras and people for some reason people liked my my comment so people have been everybody be hitting that like button so uh, but, that, but that's but that's what you power, yeah. power, power. <laughs> but that's what you guys need to do you need to go to our youtube watch the video and hit the like and subscribe button um uh, so you can catch us on 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 um on youtube just search for imperfect imperfectly human podcast mm-hmm. um or search for the daily perspective network or sorry, daily perspective network. Um, that should hopefully bring up our channel. You can find me on Twitter at D Y daily. You can find me on Instagram at D Y daily. You can catch me on, um, you can catch us on Facebook, uh, at daily perspective network, or, um, you can join the group. There's an imperfectly human group that I'm going to start, um, I, I'm really being hit to how you use the group, so I'm still figuring it out. But um I I'ma take lessons from Terrence because Terrence <laughs> Terrace is the, the group the groupmaster. <laughs> I, uh, I guess so. So we're gonna get that popping. Um and you can or you can email me David at DailyPerspective.co.uk. Um yeah, check out the blogs at dailyperspective.co.uk. And yeah, that's about it for me on socials.
1: Terrence? All right. Um, email info at iProgressCC.com, uh, Instagram and Facebook at iProgressCC. Um, if you want to check out any of our previous videos, you can go on our YouTube channel. Our uh, Progress is progress Studios now. So I made that change this weekend. Uh, and so you can definitely check out all of our different uh, platforms as far as the different types of content that we're putting out on there. We had a real special episode last Thursday with uh, the debut of convos with couples That's Kendrick and with Miriam and Natalia. Uh, and they're talking about relationships. So the topic was a new boo doesn't change you. And it was, I'm telling you, it was, it was great. It was a great conversation. Um, Monday, we talked about stewardship with our intern. Um, and so if you're part of the take the journey group, I will be posting. He's going to do a volunteer uh, initiative this Saturday at one of the parks in Jackson. And he's going to be giving socks and things of that nature to the homeless. Um, so definitely support him. You know, we we be happy uh, about what he's doing. And uh, he, he texted me the other day and uh, he had a, Got a 3.9 for the semester, so we, we you know, he doing big things. And stuff. So coming, coming into his last semester in the spring, so uh we're trying to help him get get his next steps coordinated for well, what
0: he's gonna
1: yeah. do oh, that's so, so yeah, so we we happy that we can, you know, definitely sow into him, and he definitely, you know, helping us out with a lot of stuff. So uh, we happy about that, and like I said, look for if you haven't uh like i said this will be a while before it releases but if you haven't seen or watched or listened to be careful what you pray pray for please please go watch it listen to it receive it because i'm telling you it it blessed us while we were doing it and i rewatched it and it just it it was it was a good time It, it really was a good time and uh we look to do more of those, maybe once a month. Uh, so look out for that too, and look out for some other things in the near future, uh, especially as we get close to the New Year and going into the New Year. So yeah, so yeah,
0: yeah. So that that reminds me. So obviously today, well, you guys, although it's not Christmas Day right now. Yeah. You guys are hearing this today on Christmas Day, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, from Terrence and I, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, remember yeah. the reason for the season.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know, we know that, that that date, the 25th of December, is not when Christ was born, but it is the date that the world has chosen to remember when Christ was born. Um, or, or should I say, the, the church has commandeered that date. As a, a time to celebrate when Christ was born, um, we want to. We just want to remind you that for us, Christmas is not about the giving of presents, or the, the presents is not what is important. It's um, it's a time to reflect, time to spend with family, try, time to remember. Um, you know what? What? And people say Easter and whatever is, is the time. To, truly, there is. Every day is the time to remember what Christ has done for you. But um, for me, Christmas is, is a special time to spend with your family uh, and just enjoy the, the presence of your family and, and, and love on each other. So, you know, have a very Merry Christmas. Enjoy yourselves. We, we appreciate you and we just want to, you know, just acknowledge you on, on this special day um but with that being said we are going to remind you that christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and god you are not will not and never will be perfect but that's okay god loves you and wants you to come just as you are his grace covers all live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself be renewed by the grace of god through christ jesus and become who you were created to be. And uh with that being said, I am Mr. Daily sign in off.
1: And I'm Dr. Johnson.
0: Boom. And we're out. And we will catch you on the next episode of Imperfectly Human.